We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we'll be discussing international college esports and academics. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice, so all the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Richard Withers. He's joining us from Finland. So thanks for joining us. No problem at all. I'm happy to be here. This has been a long time coming, so I'm happy we're finally able to put it together. Definitely. So, Richard, introduce yourself. You know, tell us about your prior esports and gaming experience. What was the first game you played? Yeah, of course. So, uh, I am Richard Withers. As said, uh, I operate as the esports development manager here at the Kayani University of Applied Sciences. Uh, we're located uh, a bit north here in Finland. If you're not familiar with Finland, uh, it's a smaller country here in the Nordics. Uh, and we host uh, one of Europe's and still one of the world's few full. Uh, esports business degrees. In terms of my gaming experience, uh, of course, as I am originally from Canada, so uh, North America, I am uh, happy to say that I've begun as a console peasant, so uh, completely focusing on games like Call of Duty. I think looking back, it's hard to remember my first sort of esports title, but most likely it was MW2. Uh, entered into the the Call of Duty scene and started following uh, the competitive uh, ecosystem there. And uh, of course, throughout my time in Canada, I continued to follow that. Uh, Surprisingly, at least where I grew up uh, in a smaller town, uh, PC gaming and and PC esports weren't as uh, popular. I really didn't know what I can remember anyone, at least in my friend group, that owned a PC. So uh, I was fully focused on that uh, up and coming uh, console ecosystem with the uh, Optic Gaming, the FaZe Clan, uh, all the classics that you guys probably know. But uh, when I first came to Finland uh, a bit over three years ago now, uh, I was introduced to the the PC gaming world. And that, of course, opens up uh, a whole new uh, plethora of, of opportunities there. Uh, started following Uh, CSGO mostly, of course, it's it's quite similar in terms of uh, a shooter like Call of Duty. So it was an an easy transition there. And uh, I started uh, at the esports business program and started working uh, with the university here. And from there, uh, my knowledge of sort of the the business side of esports uh, continued to grow. And and I'm happy to be where I am today. Uh, At least I hope (laughs) a member of this uh, esports community here in Finland, but also uh, I've made quite a few amazing connections worldwide. So uh, I'm happy to be here. 
Awesome. So, you know, let's kind of talk about the university's esports program. So how did it start? You know, what hurdles did it encounter when it was being created? And how did you guys kind of overcome those? Yeah, definitely. So uh, this is actually a question I, I get quite a bit, uh, be it from other universities or people just generally interested. How how did this type of degree uh, get started? Uh, the esports business degree here at Comc uh, was launched a bit over three years ago now. So we're getting our first round uh, of graduates this year, actually, uh, which is very exciting. Uh, at the time uh, it launched, it was uh, the first in the world or one of the first alongside uh, Stratfordshire, uh, the university in the UK. And uh, of course, uh, with that, uh, there was some difficulties, but I think being based in Finland, uh, it has always been uh, the country I mean has always been quite uh, advanced in terms of its acceptance uh, of gaming and esports. Uh, I believe uh, Kyan University was one of the first uh, in Europe to also offer a game development degree uh, over 20 or so years ago, far before uh, my time. But uh, as you likely know, Finland is quite well known for game development, especially on the uh, mobile side, like the, some of the largest companies you can think of in that space, Rovio, with Angry Birds, Supercell, uh, with their many, many popular titles. So I think gaming in general has really been accepted uh, here in Finland and, of course, across the Nordics with Sweden being sort of the home uh, of esports, especially on the, the CSGO and FPS side. So when there was the opportunity to be one of the first in the world to also have this esports business degree, it was surprisingly quickly accepted, uh, at least by the upper management here. They've had that experience in gaming. Uh, so when the, the topic of having an esports business degree was, was brought uh, up, uh, they were very much uh, excited. And of course, uh, with that uh, came the issues of educating the rest of the support staff. I would say, uh, if I had to say one of the the main hurdles that the university and, and the initial development staff had to overcome is sort of educating the rest of the, the group. Because of course, anything you can imagine from the marketing team, the finance team, the legal team, are older generation Finns. So maybe they don't have as much experience in, in what comes along when you have an esports business degree, because I can say it's completely different to how you uh, need to operate. For example, we also have an English taught international business degree and how that operates versus the esports business degree is completely different. How you how you market it needs to be done completely differently. Uh, the, the financial elements, especially when it comes to comp.gg which we can talk about a bit later. But yeah, in short, uh, just educating the rest of the support team here at the university that may not have been aware of what esports was and what uh, hosting an esports business degree was all about. Amazing. So tell us a little about you know the business degree. What are some of the courses that are offered and what kind of makes it different than some other degrees that are offered at other colleges, you know, the folks in esports? Yeah, definitely. So, uh, of course, uh, I can't go into too much detail into the uh, other degrees that are offered uh, worldwide since I've only done some uh, initial research uh, from the outside looking in, of course. But at least from what I can see, uh, I would say the European perspective compared to North America. I think a lot of the time uh, these North American colleges and universities are really putting a heavy focus into their facilities and also uh, their collegiate esports scene. since. Uh, of course, especially in uh, uh, the U.S., the collegiate esports scene is, is highly developed. It's coming, of course, from the traditional uh, collegiate scene, uh, something that is non-existent, at least here in Finland. 
So they don't have this traditional collegiate esports ecosystem like soccer teams, football teams competing against each other. So when it came to esports, that was also something that wasn't really uh, widely known. So uh, just recently over the last few years, especially last year, there has been some players coming into the space to host these university versus university leagues, but it's still very, very small scale. So I think that's one of the main differences is uh, here at Kyan University and I think uh, across Europe and these other esports focused degrees, it's really focusing on the uh, educational elements. So whenever we discuss our, our esports business degree, we like to highlight that it's it's not a player training course. So you're not going to improve your game in CSGO or anything like this. Of course, we do have some amazing facilities here and we do uh, we have had some semi-professional players come through uh, our student group and we are able to support them uh, in many ways. But the, the main focus of the degree is highlighting the various career opportunities that are available in esports outside of playing professionally. Since, As you likely know, those who are able to make the transition to, uh, from being a talented player and esports enthusiast to actually making a career, uh, it's just extremely rare. And often these people are, are not aware of the other career opportunities, for example, on the legal side or on the marketing or partnerships. There's a plethora of jobs that are available for those who aren't one of the, the very few lucky ones, even if they are very talented in a game, uh, to be able to actually make a career as a professional player. So that's, uh, I think, one of the main differentiating factors. And uh, to give some insight into exactly what we're teaching here. Uh, it's quite a, a broad course. So esports business, of course, business, the term business can apply to many different areas. But if I had to narrow it down to the three main uh, fields that we focus on, uh, it would most likely be digital marketing. So of course, uh, be it if you're entering a, a well-known organization already, the G2s and such of the world, or uh, you're looking to start as an entrepreneur, start uh, your own esports brand, uh, digital marketing uh, is sort of a must. Uh, so we have various courses focusing on how you can grow yourself, uh, how you can get your brand uh, in front of the fans and things like this. And then, then there's uh, event management. So that's another huge area that we like to focus on. Uh, work We work with a few uh, event organizers here in Finland and worldwide uh, to give our students the knowledge on how exactly uh, esports events and tournaments uh, operate uh, globally. And then finally, uh, business operations. So anything you can imagine on the business side. So how you actually run a business behind the scenes, human resources, uh, PR, accounting, legal. So maybe not as exciting on paper as things like marketing or event management, but uh, essential if you're looking to uh, run an esports brand. Definitely. I mean, I think that's a you know a unique and amazing thing you point out is that it's more than just, hey, this is what esports is or, you know, history of esports. It's we're teaching you these translatable skills in the most important kind of parts. Because if you don't market a product and promote a product, then how can you do that? So whether it's an event or it's a team or it's a player themselves, understanding how to use different platforms, the way you hashtags work, the way the algorithms work, how you can boost a post, how you know how you target different mm. audiences, all these things are essential. And it's not like something that you just wake up and learn. It's something that you have to specifically try to learn. And the fact that you have courses that kind of focus on that, I think is you know really amazing. Yeah, exactly. It's something that takes time. And that's one of the main sort of worries, especially from the, the parents of these students who are uh, joining such a degree is, uh, you know, they're getting a degree in esports business, but how about if they're not able 
to, to make a career in esports? How, how can, how does this uh, benefit them in the future? And it, we always like to highlight that they're getting very similar education to what, for example, our international business students are getting or really any business related degree. So like I said, human resources, accounting. So regardless of if you uh, in your future leave the esports industry, you're not in esports and gaming anymore, you still have these transmittable skills that you can use in really any industry uh, in the business world. And honestly, any I feel like almost every entertainment property is going to have mm. some esports gaming tangent. You know, I've talked with you know, the last interview we did was an individual that worked at Columbia Records that was their head of gaming and kind of does these in-game concerts and all these other activations with the record labels. And, you know, maybe it's not working for an esports team, but you're working in this world and having this background is probably going to be beneficial. Exactly. And you could see with things like Arcane, uh, the recent TV series that is absolutely blowing up that uh, esports is really working its way into to many different industries and, and parts of this world. Exactly. That's definitely one of the really big Netflix shows. And obviously The Witcher just came out and mm. that's in the same vein. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are watching season two of that, including myself. So. Yes, likewise. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I know that you're involved in another really exciting prog- project, the Esports University. So tell us a little about that and kind of what some of the classes are and what it encompasses. Yeah, of course. So uh with the the pandemic that's currently ongoing, I don't need to go into much detail about that. But with that, and just generally how these esports ecosystem and an educational ecosystem, most importantly, uh, is progressing uh, going into the future, uh, we thought it was extremely important to have more uh, accessible options for for esports education. And that's why we are currently in the process uh, with talented individuals like yourself. Uh, developing a, a fully online uh, esports education platform. So the, the esports uh, university will be accessible worldwide. So, uh, of course, not everyone is able to, to join us here in Finland for the full bachelor's degree. That is completely understandable, be it uh, financial difficulties or something like this. Or maybe they're just not interested. They want to uh, pursue a degree uh, from the comfort of their own home, from their couch. And uh, of course, that's becoming more and more appealing uh, with the younger generation these days. And that's completely fine. So that's uh, an opportunity that we wanted to expand upon and delve into. So, uh, of course, on the topic of online uh, esports education offerings, of course, there's sort of a stigma surrounding that. Uh, for good reason, there's been some some players in the past who may have, have offered some opportunities that weren't as beneficial uh, to uh, the the participants, like certificates or something like this. That shame the cost, on them! Shame yes. on them! <laughs> the the cost an arm and a leg, and and you're really not getting as much uh, benefit out of that. But uh, with this, from the beginning, from the initial uh, inception uh, of this esports university, it was really important that. Uh, we followed certain ground rules, so one of which was making it accessible. So th- that was one of the main areas that I touched on before, but also making sure that it's accredited. So uh, as it's backed by County University of Applied Sciences, we're able to actually offer full ECTS credits. So this isn't just a, a certificate or, or something like this, a pat on the back. Uh, you're getting full university credits. So if you're not familiar with the ECTS credit system, uh, there are university credits that you can apply to most, if not all, universities across the EU. There's some outside the EU as well that accept these forms of credits. So, for example, if you go on the platform, complete a course, and you would like to continue your educational career with us or any other university across the EU, 
Uh, most likely you can have these accredited so you can have a shorter study period to get the full bachelor or use these as, for example, your free choice studies. Uh, if you're already uh, within a university, most degrees, at least on the business side, I believe, have these free choice study options towards the, the later years. So you can really take any sort of uh, classes or courses you'd like. So we really wanted to offer this uh, to anyone across the world who would want to pursue a career in esports, like you said earlier, who are interested in the other uh, career opportunities that are available. And uh, of course, being online, it's highly adaptable. So that was something that was also very important to us, making sure that as the esports industry is constantly changing and evolving, uh, I've been working with authors like yourself and, and something that's been coming out or coming up in our discussions is that you put out a book on the topic and it very quickly it's becoming outdated, like within a year, two years. And that's something that uh, doesn't as often happen in traditional business or something like this. There's books that were published 10, 20 years ago that are still being used in universities. But uh, when it comes to esports, uh, I think the material needs to be adaptable. So something that can be changed and can evolve and grow alongside uh, the community and the ecosystem. So being an online platform, it, it's easy with that. Well, in defense of my book, I, I did realize coming from this traditional world that this stuff was going to change. And I tried to structure it in more of general terms and tried to mm -hmm. find the things that aren't going to change. As far as I'm concerned, especially from the business perspective, there are certain things that are ingrained. Mm -hmm. Whether if you're a player and you're signed to a team, you're probably going to get a salary. How much that is, is going to fluctuate based on a variety of factors. And those factors are going to weigh differently for everyone. However, you're going to get a salary in most cases. You're going to earn sponsorship revenue, whether you're a team or an event organizer or a player themselves. These are streams of incomes that are highly developed and highly ingrained and are in every other entertainment world. So I don't think overnight that's just going to be a stream mm -hmm. of income that's going to evaporate. Who's doing it, whether it's Levi Jeans or Donna Karen or Gucci or Fendi or Prada, is going to change the idea that a clothing country company is sponsoring you i think that's pretty well established so you know i yeah, think exactly. that you know the big thing that you mentioned is being able to have the updates because you know even writing curriculum certain leagues were bought by other people within the two month span and it's mm -hmm. like now the whole entire shift you know the landscape shifts because one company buys another and now instead of having two companies there's only one but the idea of these companies operating collegiate esports or whatever space doesn't necessarily change only the operators change really exactly i completely agree so certain traits and certain business fundamentals uh, will stay the same for for years to come so i completely uh, agree there and it's it's something that you can see if, if you're following the the esports landscape is that uh cases that you've seen happen in the past be it in the traditional entertainment like movies music or or a traditional sports, for example, uh, these cases are playing themselves again here in the esports ecosystem. And I think it's good that we're able to to learn from the past and also to continue to develop in the future. Definitely. So is there a cost for the classes? Kind of how does that work? No, right now, uh, the, the current plan is to offer these courses completely free of charge. So of course, uh, based on the, the university funding system, uh, we're able to get benefits in other ways uh, and support our developers. But uh, that's another huge element of making sure it's accessible. So uh, regardless of your current financial situation, uh, we want to make sure that you're able to to have at least uh, the beginning of an esports education. And then if you'd like to continue with with full universities, 
then that's your choice. But uh, we wanted to make this as accessible as possible. That's amazing. You hear that, everyone? So when this launches, make sure to you know sign up, learn a couple of things. In addition to myself, there's some really other amazing professors that I personally am going to check their classes out. So definitely be on the lookout for that. So as you were kind of developing courses and working in academia, is there anything you noticed that you know courses or curriculum that you feel like are currently lacking that could be expanded or that might be more necessary and really isn't there? Yeah, I guess uh, in terms of curriculum, at least here at uh, Karen University, something that I would really like to see uh, expanded on in the future and something that I've seen some other universities who are, who are doing really well, especially our uh, partner university, Stratfordshire, uh, is the broadcasting side, so event broadcasting, the more technical element, should I say, uh, working uh, in the IT and really the the more technical components that go into operating an esports event. That's something that's very interesting to me personally and something that I don't have much knowledge in and I would would love to see that brought into our university as well. Yeah, the behind the scenes technical stuff, being able to run the Twitch stream, but understanding how you fix the sound and the lighting. And like you said, these more technical IT, sound engineers, audio engineers, Mm -hmm. skills that are highly translatable. You don't necessarily have to do an esports event. You can do a sports event. You can do a concert. You can do Broadway show. You're just learning how to tweak a live broadcast or a television broadcast, not necessarily an esports broadcast. Exactly. Like like you said, those skills transfer regardless of which industry uh, you're in. I've actually been following quite long. following along with uh, the, the journey of, of Raphael, or I don't know if it's Raphael or Raphael, but uh, he's he, him and his team do a lot of the the stages and stage work for for like the ESL tournaments and things like this. And they're also doing like traditional ballet or, or, or music concert, things like this. And it's great to see that regardless on what that group is working on, they're able to put together these beautiful stages. And uh, that is something that I, I would like to transfer to the students and, and give them, at least if they're interested, the opportunity to delve into that more technical side. Since, of course, the, the business uh, elements are extremely important to to get the knowledge of, for example, an event out there. But uh, it's really up to the, the, the back end developers to to make it go off without a hitch. Definitely. I definitely know that there are some schools that kind of, like you said, focus on both, both the on-camera and the behind-the-scenes, so you can learn how to actually be a caster or an on-air host, as well as being the person that holds the camera and edits the video. Mm, exactly. Uh, another uh, area that uh, I wanted to be brought in, in some uh, an area that I focused on since starting here at the university is sort of uh, professional and CV development. So, uh after you've gained all this knowledge, hopefully throughout our degree or whichever degree you're in, uh, how do you actually sort of sell yourself uh, to potential employers uh, upon graduating? And that's why it's, it's amazing to be working, for example, with Hitmarker uh, throughout this academic year. They're providing a lot of sort of CV related workshops and, and lecture opportunities uh, discussing how the trends are looking in the esports industry. So what career opportunities are becoming most available, uh, how they see trends going in that way. And I think that's extremely important since you can, you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you're not able to, to sell yourself to potential employers, then it, it's not going to be much use at the end of the day, unfortunately. Absolutely. Right. It's like you have a great story, but if you can't get the words out, it doesn't matter. Exactly. So tell us a little about Camp GG. Are you involved in the player recruitment process, the games that you to play? Like, tell us a little about that. Yeah, uh, I would love to. This is sort of a, a passion project of mine uh, and a few other colleagues. Uh, it's actually 
adapted quite significantly since it first began. Uh, it did a, an initial brand change in January, I believe, of this year. Uh, it started out, uh, the initial concept of it is that it's a completely student-owned and operated esports organization. So uh, all the staff members, everyone who's operating the event, creating content, everything surrounding the event uh, is esports business students, or mostly there's a few uh, others like international business and such, but primarily esports business students here at the university. And the the general mission statement was for it to be a stepping stone uh, for student talent to, to enter the workforce. Since I think for esports specifically, uh, the practical experience uh, is the, the main element that we're offering here uh, in community. So being surrounded by like-minded individuals who have a passion for the, the business side of this, this crazy world of, of gaming and esports, but also uh, providing practical experience in the field. So that's something that's been uh, ingrained into the study curriculum as well. So there's quite a few uh, practical focus courses, so project courses, practical training uh, towards the end of the study. Uh, so during those, or if the students partake in those courses, uh, they're able to track pretty much anything they do in the industry. So putting on events, pursuing a content creation career, even playing uh, in some of our uh, teams, uh, they're able to collect the hours that they're putting into that, write a few reports, and they can get full course credits for that. So that's something that, at least from our student feedback and what I believe personally has been uh, an amazing benefit to our degree here uh, in Kayani, that you can actually get uh, hands-on experience in the field. And comp.gg has sort of been the main facilitator of that. So it's quite a broad organization uh, when it started. Uh, our main sort of bread and butter is the event management side. Uh, we're putting on quite a few events, primarily focusing on Finland and the Nordics. But uh, we have put on some that have brought in teams from across the EU, uh, multi-thousand euro prize pools. So these are quite large scale events that these students are putting on and everything from the uh, initial ideation to the event planning, uh, graphic creation, marketing, overlays, stream production, everything is being done by the students. So as you can imagine, it's incredible uh, hands-on experience, especially on the event management side, but uh, we've also... Uh, supported uh, student content creators. So we have a feature creators program. So for those who join the university with a social following, be it if they're Twitch streamers or such, uh, we're able to support them in that way and help them grow their social media followings. Uh, of course, we're also trying to build the local ecosystem here in Kayani. So if you're not familiar with Kayani, which <laughs> I would be surprised if anyone listening to this uh, is familiar with Kayani. It's a very small city uh, here in Finland, like 30,000 or so population, but it's always had, especially with the university, an incredible gaming and esports focused uh, community. And that's something that we, we work to continually develop and hopefully in the future provide more uh, career opportunities for those wishing to stay uh, here in the region. Uh, an example of this is actually we're working with Critical Force, uh, which are the developers of the mobile FPS title Critical Ops which I believe is one of the most popular uh, mobile shooter esports titles in the world. I think they just got around 10, 20 million euro investment just recently. So they're a massive mobile esports company that's located uh, in the same city as the university, as I said, a very small city. So it's quite uh, amazing to also have them here. Uh, and a group of our students, our Russian speaking students, are actually running uh, their esports ecosystem uh, in the CIS region, so Russia and the CIS region. 
So they're running their v- VK page, for example, the Russian Facebook. Uh, they're running uh, various tournaments targeting the CIS region. So with that, we've been able to further grow the ecosystem and uh, provide these students with really amazing hands-on experience, at least in my opinion. I mean, I think that's amazing. And I think that's kind of the biggest thing that everyone talks about. Who's like, well, how do you get in the industry? What ex- what do you need? Like, what's going to be beneficial? It's this real experience of running an, an event and not just being there and working for ESL and just, you know, working under five people and you're not really involved in it. Mm-hmm. This is, you're really in the nuts and bolts of the event of picking the date and time, figuring out the casters, figuring out what the imagery is going to look like, what the event title is going to be. All these little things that probably aren't what you're going to do in most other opportunities. And as someone who's done both of it, intern and worked at these bigger companies, I always ran my own operations from figuring the venue, figuring out what the drink special is going to be, who the DJ is going to be, who the other partners in the event and how you're going to get people there and what the social media copy looks like, what the wording of how you promote it looks like. All these things are things you learn and evolve over time. How you write the email heading for the blast you know, do you write the full data out? Like when you do it, what the time, like these are all things that you only learn by doing. And the fact that you're able to give them the opportunity to either be a content creator and have this support from a staff or run a team and field teams in different competitions and even run the competitions, I think is, you know, really invaluable and the kind of experiences you should be getting in college. And this is what I think differentiates those that are doing it the right way and those that are just doing it. Yeah, exactly. I completely agree. And at least how I view it, uh, of course, what you're learning in the classroom is extremely valuable, but I see it as sort of the the, the foundation. So you, you have to build your foundation, the uh, initial knowledge of, of business operations and things like this. But uh, after that, you really need to, as you said, build upon it. And there's only certain things that you can learn by doing. And, and that's something that I, I'm at least very proud that we're able to offer to our students. Absolutely. So why is working with this demographic, you know, college age student, what's so unique about it? Do you enjoy it? Yeah, uh, it's been amazing. And of course, uh, I'm not too old myself. So it's it's really I see everyone as my my colleagues uh, in this. And uh, the the younger generation, of course, is one of the most knowledgeable on esports. They've grown up in this sort of online environment uh, with gaming and competitive esports. And so they're the most knowledgeable, at least in my opinion, on this topic. And uh, they're the most passionate as well. Uh, What they've been able to accomplish just uh, with limited or no experience uh, on the business side has been uh, incredible. And I think that's something that's quite unique uh, working, for example, with college students. Uh, They're just uh, excited to be involved in any way they can. I think when you're initially starting in a a university or college program, you're expecting to be sitting in a classroom for for six, eight hours a day. And when they're actually coming here and they're able to put on events or uh, join competitive rosters, if if playing is their passion and uh, pursue that and be fully supported by the staff here, uh, not just myself, we have an incredible uh, support staff here in the esports side who are really uh, understanding that people's educational journeys are, are different. So be it if you're coming here as a semi-professional player and you really want to pursue that side, or if you're completely new to esports and you're making, we have a few students who are in their, their 40s and they're making a career change late in life. 
and they don't have as much experience working with them to sort of show them the community and, and how the esports ecosystem works. Uh, we really wanted to make it as inclusive as possible. So regardless of where you're coming from or what you're looking to do in the future, uh, we're able to support you with that. Awesome. So kind of looking towards the future, what's the future of the program at the university and how are you trying to evolve it? Yeah, so I think uh, it's even though it's been around for three years now that in the the uh, landscape or the scope of, of university degrees, that's extremely new. A lot of these uh, other degrees, even at our university, have been around for, for 20 or so years. So there's still a lot to learn. And that's something that at least I pride ourselves on is that we're, we're very much open to collaboration. So I'm constantly working with uh, industry partners uh, here in Europe and abroad uh, to provide additional opportunities to our students, be it internships, theses projects, things like this, but also working with other universities. So I really don't believe in the concept of being sort of shut door. So not uh, providing information out there and collaborating and trying to really grow together. So of course, like the term raising tides raise all ships. So uh, I really believe in, in working together uh, with other other educational providers in the esports edu community and uh, continuing to adapt what we offer since we launched three years ago. What we offered then to now is completely different, or not completely, but uh, there's been quite a few changes in terms of the curriculum and the facilities and how we market ourselves. So I think that will just continue uh, to develop going forward. And sort of the main focus surrounding all of that is how do we provide as much benefit to the students as possible? So when they come through the doors to when they leave, uh, they're really being offered a, a truly beneficial experience that will uh, improve their life uh, in the future, be it if they're in esports or another industry. Amazing. I mean, I think that that's kind of the biggest thing is you have to have people that want to do it and that this is going to help them, you know, that there's a tangible benefit for it. Exactly. I think the selling esports education isn't that difficult. Like when we launched, uh, as you can imagine, it got a lot of interest uh, worldwide being one of the first. And still to this day, there, there's not that many uh, esports education opportunities across the world. So uh, if you're a young kid up and coming and you, you're an esports fan, of course, knowing that you could study esports uh, is extremely exciting. But uh, we really wanted to make sure uh, that we weren't taking advantage of that and just saying, well, they're going to come regardless. So who really cares? Right. But uh, from the beginning, it was important that not only are we able to get uh, these excited students, but they're not let down by what uh, they're experiencing, that they're truly getting uh, an education, a valuable education. And most importantly, that they're actually able to use what they learn to pursue a career and, and make a career in the space. Absolutely. So to kind of bring it all towards the end, what's the future of college esports, especially internationally? Do you see it continuing to grow on the academic side and the competitive side? And how is it going to grow? In short, yes, I definitely see that it will continue to grow. At least personally, I've been approached by by many, many uh, universities who are who are looking to develop some sort of esports related curriculum uh, across the EU and worldwide. There's been quite a few. So I've seen the trend that this is something that's becoming more and more interesting. Uh, of course, uh, I'm sometimes hesitant and I just hope that uh, a lot of these universities share the same ideals that we do in terms of how to develop a sustainable degree that's truly providing benefit to the students. And it's not just some sort of marketing ploy or something like this to, to bring in uh, revenue to the universities. But I definitely think that there's a lot of uh, 
players in the space who have true intentions at heart and are really just looking to provide opportunities for the up and coming youth. So that's been amazing. And I, I really think it will continue to grow going forward and on the sort of collegiate and competitive side. That's something, as I said, we do have uh, teams and it's something that uh, will continue to be developed, uh, at least here in Finland. And I see from across the EU, there's quite a few uh, university focused uh, leagues, especially coming out of like the UK, for example, uh, that are looking to expand into the Nordics and such. So I think the collegiate scene will also continue to grow. And I think that is an important aspect of the educational side as well, since uh, a lot of the time you're getting these students who are coming, but are also very interested in the playing side. And we want to make sure that we don't uh, crush any ambitions there. It's like, oh no, just give up on the playing side. Now you're here to study business. We want to make sure that uh, you can do both at the same time. I think it's always good to have sort of a a landing pad if the playing career doesn't work out. But if you really want to pursue that, I think that should be in your full right. And we want to provide as many opportunities as possible with that, be it in collegiate leagues to to get your name out there to potential professional leagues or teams like this. Definitely. I mean, I think that that's a, you know, a great point you bring up that they are starting to develop in these different countries and eventually there's going to be more interest and more need and the prize pools are going to grow to where there will be teams from Finland and the UK coming to, you know, play in America. There will be these international championships. This collegiate scene is going to continue to grow. And it's just a matter of more universities all over the place, just continuing to do it. Exactly. And I've always been uh, a supporter of the sort of locality based leagues and teams. I think that's maybe may a touchy subject for some, a lot of people think esports should be, you know, fully international. So, so not focused on these, like the Overwatch league or the call of duty league. That's uh, really locality based. So have the, the city names in them and things like this, but that's something that maybe it's coming from the traditional sports side that I really enjoy Like back when I was in Canada, being able to support like the Raptors or, or the Leafs uh, when they're playing. Uh, it's it's always the best for me being able to really rep your your home country or home city, and I think that's something that these collegiate leagues provide uh, that you can support your fellow classmates, your colleagues, and uh, those who attend the university, which is always exciting. Definitely, I was actually on Rutgers campus this past weekend for a high school esports championship, and the Rutgers esports team was out there supporting, and the Seton Hall esports team was there, and it's just exciting to see these people coming to support overall community in their state, in their area. And that the fact that it even exists, like they have this really nice esports lounge. I'm like, wow, I wish my cafeteria in college had an esports <laughs> lounge that you can just go in and just play League of legends for 20 minutes on a high end computer. Exactly. And uh, I, I hope, and I see that that will continue to, to be developed in not only North America, but worldwide as well, which is extremely exciting for those up and coming. Right. So everyone out there, take advantage of it. So, you know, I just like to end each episode with my three questions. So what's your favorite game to watch? Oh, that's a hard one. Uh, I'm still following uh, Call of Duty, uh, even though uh, I think some people, uh, me included, have seen it go in a certain direction that we may not uh, always love. But uh, I'm always a, a lifetime Greenwall uh, fan optic. So I, I support them. Everything they're doing, of course, I've been following along with Halo now. and. Uh, just went recently, it's been a while now, but to the PGL major in Stockholm. So that's really uh, 
ignited a flame in me <laughs> around CSGO. That was an amazing event, an amazing experience. So I think going forward, I'll be following CS quite closely as well. Amazing. So what's your favorite game to play? Uh, playing most likely uh, Call of Duty as well. <laughs> it might be a, a common answer through here, but I've really been reaching into the, the PC esports as well. Of course, it's extremely important that uh, I'm knowledgeable of those, but I've become quite passionate with, for example, Valorant, uh, especially with comp.gg. We're hosting quite a few tournaments and and teams uh, in that title. So uh, I, I got into it through that and I've been loving it so far. Awesome. So who's your favorite video game character? Mario, Luigi, Pikachu, Sonic? Oh, I think <laughs> maybe some people uh, won't know this one, but I think this was the first, of course, not an esports game, but video game I ever played. It was called Pajama Sam. It was one of those uh, like DVD games back on the, the old school PCs that I think came in a cereal box or something like this in Canada. But it was this guy with a cape and he went through these different levels. But yeah, I think that was my first sort of transition or, or introduction into gaming when i was very very young i don't even know like eight or something like this so pajama sam will always be my favorite video game character i think i can't say i'm familiar with him but you know things things are a little different up north of the border than they are here <laughs> so things get weird up there <laughs> look it up look up pajama sam maybe you'll recognize him definitely so you know thanks so much for joining us this was extremely insightful so tell everybody where they can find you and connect with you and the university and everything that you guys are doing of course so uh, if you'd like to connect with me personally you can find me at richard r withers uh on pretty much all platforms twitter instagram etc uh, if you're interested in learning more about the uh, university, the esports business degree, you can follow us or the university at Kayani AMK, K A J A A N I A M K, Instagram, Twitter, etc. You can also visit compbachelor.fi, uh, and on there you can learn more, for example, about our esports business degree. And of course, if you want to learn more about comp.gg, participate in some of our tournaments uh, and events and support our student community here. You can follow us at comp.gg on most platforms or visit uh, comp.gg, uh, our website. I think that's everything. Well, thanks everybody again for tuning in and make sure to follow me on Twitter, Justin J E S Q and check Apple podcasts for all our past episodes. Thanks and have a great holiday.